0: it's for tomorrow I'm saving it for tomorrow but yeah definitely trying to load up I'm not, it's happening tomorrow morning what, what?
1: oh my goodness
0: yeah yeah.
1: did you already take your did you my take, trigger shot yeah you're triggered you yeah, it, triggered
0: it's so funny when they send you the email and they're like you're going to be triggered tonight and I'm like ah in so many ways but yeah uh, <laughs>
2: well, that's so uh, high tech
0: you know sometimes no matter the time of day you just gotta open a bottle of rosé and chill with your girls and drink it all away. Kick it. Rosé
2: All day anyway Rosé All day anyway Rosé All day anyway Rosé All day anyway Hello and welcome
0: to all day anyways I am Erica.
2: Hey I'm Katie and Ruby is chasing her tail right now so it might get like a little loud here in a second.
0: Good for Ruby. Get no, she's fascinated with
2: it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah Um I can't have any exercise right now because my ovaries are like the size of two balloons and I just waddle around right now. It's been really, it's been really Wait,
2: hot. Um, how big are they really?
0: I, twice their normal size I know.
2: Okay. Yeah. So like, that means. like um, baseball. I don't know how bigger yeah. ovaries. And
0: there's so many things I don't know about my ovaries even now at this point. But Laura, we've like... learned
2: that we both know so little about our own bodies. <laughs> we've had to look up so many things. <laughs>
0: Speaking yeah. of Laura, taking a second to introduce our guest. Yes, Laura at uh, Laura Bean, L Bean. Um, she is so. Finally called at least that's what i call her i know i can't be the <laughs> only one who called you l bean right you
1: you know does anybody you
0: really call aren't. you l l bean does anybody yes. call you l l bean yeah okay i've heard it all so, what can so, i say well <laughs> that, that feels like a shoe in that feels like a slam dunk like would have been my middle school nickname for you for sure yeah. yeah 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 absolutely yeah uh laura is joining us today because laura um about Two, three years ago, herself went through the egg-freezing process um, for very different reasons um, than I have. And I think it's just really important for people to hear like kind of all the different pathways that can lead you to making that decision. And Mm -hmm. I love Laura and I love Laura's story. I feel like I'm going to cry right now
2: because I love Laura so much. (laughs) I
0: actually cried earlier because my friend Amanda was like, my parents' dog Bella. I'm obsessed with her. Like she's one of my best friends. And Amanda goes, just imagine Bella like running up and I wish for you right now that she could just run up on the couch right now and cuddle with you. And as soon as she said it, I was like, I want that too. And I was just to so, I'm just, I'm just. You're just on the verge. So, yeah, You're I on love. The verge. Yeah, exactly. I love Laura, and I think I'm getting a little teary because Laura will tell her story, but I just. I know what she's been through over the last few, and I have a lot of love for her, and I'm very proud of her and amazed by her. So, um, but she will she will tell her story in a minute. Make me a little, make me a little emotional. I'm gonna That's suck so on my sweet.
2: list of, like, pop right now. Yeah. Well, because you're you're also the egg retrieval is happening tomorrow. Yeah, we like, haven't yeah, said so. that.
0: Yeah, officially, yeah, it is happening tomorrow morning. Mama is about to pop. Um, my my friend nicole had the best joke because it's only been i've only been taking a shot for like 10 days and for some time it like goes up to 14 or 11 mm-hmm. 12 13 it came for people with me it was like well like eight nine days it was starting to become obvious that i wasn't gonna go the extra few days and my friend nicole who has been friends with me we've known each other since middle school but we've been good friends since college she goes of course your ovaries are overachiever. I was like, yeah, my ovaries were like, what's going on? What what do we need to do? Is there a deadline? Cool. We're going to beat that deadline we're in. I'm like, guys, <laughs> chill out, man. They probably Slow. have their own Google calendar. They do. They looked yes. at the Google calendar and mm-hmm. were like, we can do better than that. We can do better. <laughs> and I was like, there's a, there's a
2: strategic plan down there. <laughs>
0: I bet you might already do have a strategic plan. So the totally. like objective goal, goal number one, <laughs> get in freezer. Uh, <laughs> within that, we have five objectives for how we plan to get there. So, yeah, it is happening tomorrow. Um, and then I will wrap up this chapter of my fertility journey slash maybe motherhood journey question mark. So, yeah. Um, Move on to the next step. Move on to whatever is next for me. For now, it's literally all going in a freezer. Uh, And Laura, I feel like you and I haven't, like, completely talked about it. Like, I'm not 100% sure at this point. Actually, you and I have talked a little bit about how, like, last year, especially, I wasn't feeling super excited about, like, doing single parenthood, which you and I have talked about, because you're a single mom, mm-hmm, and I'm like, mm-hmm. how's this going? <laughs> and so, like, you know, checking in, talking to you about that, and I feel like at this point, and I realize there's relationship grief wrapped up in it as well, mm-hmm. that, like, I, I don't think I want to be a single mom right now, not by choice, um, just because of the, the a strong role that my own father played in my life, that, I don't know if I wanted to like intentionally like make a decision like my child is just like not even gonna there's not even like a biological dad who could even possibly kind of be in the picture to have a relationship like that just out of the picture. Mm-hmm. And I I'm I don't wanna make that choice um right now sure. because I I really wanna raise my child with a partner. So sure. I freezing my to keep the options open because I'm 37. And I realized that um, time marches on and we're kind of hitting the end of the, the countdown of, you know, wh- what is possible for me and my body. Just because, you know, that's just like the, um, it's, I'm not going to sing Lion King, but it's the circle of life. I'm going to keep it together. I'm not going to sing it. So um, I think with that said that, I'm freezing my eggs, but I'm actually not 100% sure that I'm going to use them. And so for me, it's like, this is the beginning of my motherhood journey. Maybe I might not even need these eggs, which feels like a great transition (laughs) to you and your story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like a great transition to you and your story. So Laura, why don't you talk to us about um, what were the reasons that you chose to... um, Breathe your egg. Didn't, like, how old mm-hmm. were you, and you know, why did you make that decision at the time?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I had never considered it, and then at 28, I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer, and it's an incredibly fast moving breast cancer. But it is triple negative means um, that it is not responsive to hormones. So. The good thing, the good thing about that kind of breast cancer is that it means that there is the possibility still then to step in and if you have time, do a round of egg harvesting. I had always known that I wanted kids since I was a little kid. Um, it's felt like an important motherhood felt very important to me. Um, and so, I, um, once I was, when I was diagnosed with the cancer, one of the first things I asked about was fertility, um, just knowing how much damage that chemotherapy can do on your eggs and your fertility and your potential fertility. Um, and so I, um, I started the journey. I started the journey of facing what it could look like to harvest my eggs. Um, at the same time, that I was having these conversations around the treatment elements that were going to go into what it meant to be diagnosed with cancer. And then what was later added to my diagnosis is a genetic mutation as well. So there were a couple different factors at play that were part of this larger conversation of what next steps to take in my life, which included egg harvesting. Um, Yeah.
0: I'm curious for you, um, because, like, I'm aware that things that I've been going through in my life in the last six months have, mm-hmm. like, with the shots like, manifested into, like, a really emotional reaction with the additional hormone. How did that impact you during that time?
1: You know, to me, honestly, that part of the various medical things that were happening in my life um, was not as intensive. Um That being said, it's such, it's a a part of your life that is so emotionally triggered um, or or was for me. I think um, the thing that felt the most challenging about it at the time to me was the urgency about it. I was dating a partner at the time who I was quite serious with and, and living with. And he and I went to the fertility specialist to talk about had to have this conversation and one of the conversations because I was going in with a male partner was a cis male partner was um do you want to freeze eggs or embryos um which was a whole other part of this conversation and um <laughs> I was also at a part in my cycle where she she was like, okay, great. Um, we have time, bef- they wanna start you on chemo very quickly. So we have time to do one, one round of egg harvesting. Um, we'd have to start today. Would you like to take a shot? Here it is in my office right now. Um, so there was no, I think there can be a lot of built up anxiety around making the decision. And it was literally like, are you gonna take this shot? Or are you not gonna take this shot um, in that moment? And then she she said, deciding between eggs and embryos, you have a little more time. You can tell me tomorrow, (laughs) which is just one of my favorite things. We had 24 hours to make that decision. Plenty of time. No problem. But I feel really lucky because in that specific part of this conversation, she ended up actually pulling me aside. I think I was looking um, a little shocked and a little... um, Appalled, and my partner at the time, I think, was just trying to find ways to be generous. I had just been diagnosed; we were still at a moment of generosity. It didn't last long, um, but um, but there was one, and um, so he did offer for us to freeze embryos. And she pulled me aside and said, "Look, you're going to make whatever choice is right for you, but I I have couples that have been married for ten years that don't make it through cancer treatment. Um, I and if if you go through with this and do embryos, that's it for you. There's no, like you can't go back later. And, um, if he then gets remarried or has a partner or makes his own decision that he doesn't want something done with those embryos legally, they're, they're done for. So I know you guys are in, you're like nice, nice figuring this out together mode, but I highly recommend you take that into consideration. So, um, I'm so, so grateful that she took that took that moment with me um as a panicked 28 year old um (laughs) because it meant that i i chose to freeze eggs and i'm so grateful for that because that partner and i did not make it through treatments so um i am not forever tied to him in a freezer overlooking the east river
0: (laughs) yeah Um, wow so
1: that those pieces of it and those like um those fast paced decisions, I think were, were the things that really stuck out to me at that time. I think the other thing that felt really, um, exhausting about it for, for me was, um, going there, as you know, right, you have to go to the doctor's office a lot. They're constantly checking your numbers and adding in, um, that like every single morning waking up, and going into the doctor, they were like, You'll come in every few days. And it was not that, it was literally every day. That Yeah. Yes. Right?
0: Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's lie. A lie. <laughs> it's not every few days. That's a lie. I was in there on- every freaking day. And I'm exhausted.
1: <laughs> yeah. And your body is like it's in overdrive. I mean, that's what egg harvesting is. It's putting your body, it's very hard on your body. Um, and so that that exhaustion and tedium. And as you're experiencing, we're experiencing until today when you got the news that you'd be harvesting tomorrow, the, the unknown of how long will this take, how hard will it be um, is really uh, challenging. You're on the lookout constantly for what what might be going wrong.
0: Yeah, I can highly relate to the idea of constantly being with going on. And I got a lot of good news throughout the process, and it, every time mm-hmm. I'm like looking at them like, Okay. Well when when that, that gonna go wrong. Even like going into my I'm like, we'll I'll see. Like they think they're gonna get like twenty eggs or something and I'm like, well that's see that's great. Yeah.
1: Well don't worry, there's the reality of like when if you end up using them, then they have to be blasted and go through so many other things. So don't worry, there's plenty.
0: There's still I want plenty to be- of more bad news. Wait, what is blasted
1: mean? Oh, I shouldn't have even said that because I can't back it up with facts. There's a lot of different processes that, so once, so I am not an expert on this part because as all, as I can get to in my story, I did not get past the egg harvesting part of this fertility process. Um, But um, my, many people in my life have and part, there's all these other series, right? Every time your eggs then, so they become, there's the ones that are the highest quality when they are harvested then they become frozen. Then, when you defrost them, you lose a certain number of them. Then, when you create embryos, you lose a certain number of them. Then, they go through certain testing. Blasted is a term that's part of that process. I don't know which part it is. Sorry to everyone who knows more than me out there. Um, and uh, so, at every stage, you're getting less and less eggs. So, like, I, I think they harvested. Thirteen or fourteen eggs for me, twelve of which are in like decent size, and two of which are like pretty small and not quite as healthy as they want. Um, and then there's some people who like go into hyperdrive and have like forty or a good or or twenty, and some people who get like two. So it's a real it's a real range in there. And then at each stage from there, it's not like oh, and this is now how much I have to work with. There's so much more of the process later on that we like won't even get into in this part because. This is harvesting.
0: We do have someone. I have a friend coming in a couple great of, or next week to talk about I who had IVF. So great, she so can she'll talk get a She can bit tell you about
1: all about that. blasting.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and to your point, that's one of the reasons when I'm trying to explain the number concept, I don't think I said that yet on the podcast. That's why the high number is so important because not all of them are gonna make it, mm-hmm. and so the higher of a number you get, which is why some people go through more than one cycle which I am not going to do because one, because of my age, if I did another cycle, I would have to do it like this summer because they really recommend that you do it before 38 and I turn 38 in like eight months. Um, and two, because they think they're going to get a higher number, then I'm kind of like, let's see what happens. I don't think I'm going to go through another cycle of this, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's upping, upping your chances. Of having
2: mm-hmm. something viable later on. Yep. Yeah. And so you didn't end up using your eggs, though. Are they still, or you still have them frozen?
1: <laughs> they are still frozen. So, <laughs>
2: um,
1: I go through a couple years of treatment, of chemotherapy, of surgery, some more chemo. You know, all the all the fun stages. Um, and during that process. Um, towards on the, on the more tail end of it, uh, my partner, and I break up. Um, so then I, I start to try and figure out dating again. What, what is that? What is, what is my life dealing with all the side effects and symptoms that come th- from, and, PTSD and and different pieces that come from, um, from having cancer. And then, um, I have about a year of that, like kind of like self-discovery, figuring things out a little bit. Um, Starting to sleep around a little bit, feeling out what that what does that mean in my body post post cancer, and um, I had a bilateral mastectomy, so that's part of like the whole readjusting to what that part of my life is. Um, and then after a year of that in between stage, um, then we had a global pandemic. I don't know if you've heard, so um, that. I just come from this kind of like stalled out part of my life. And then the whole world stalled out in this whole other way. Ironically, um, and I don't think this is unique to me, during those first couple months of kind of desperation, most people are sitting at home. A lot of people are sitting at home just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and um, seeking connection any way they can. I was living alone and went on a ton of internet first dates because I had all of a sudden so much time to um to zoom <laughs> with strangers on the internet um and during that process i met somebody and was dating him on and off for about a year um and got pregnant which was a real surprise because part of the question and reason for egg harvesting was i wasn't sure whether or not i would be able to get pregnant Um, so it was, it was quite the surprise. (laughs) Um, and so because I became pregnant from somebody that I was dating, it meant that my eggs are in fact still frozen, um, frozen at NYU, hanging out in their little storage bin. Um, and now there's the forever expensive, like you, so you pay, once your eggs are frozen, you pay annually to have them stored. Um, it's about a thousand dollars a month uh, not a month oh my god a thousand dollars a year um and so um that's there's questions that's not that as George bad as i them.
2: thought it was honestly <laughs> i thought i thought yeah i just expense wise what i've heard so
1: all right maybe know. i'm getting yeah. a discount
2: <laughs> i don't um, know yeah i mean yeah anyway but it
0: i think that's about like though. law i think that pretty what much is, too. like what it, yeah. yeah what you call I said um like some clinics including NYU will do like a free year mm-hmm. or something like that and yeah then the first year is after free that. Yeah.
1: yeah yeah so every year when I get the bill I do have a little bit of a crisis of like okay I well I guess only for this last year because before then I didn't have a baby and now I have an almost one-year-old so since wow. then I've gotten the bill once to be like oh do I still what am I doing with this so I'll add to this conversation a little more context. Um, part of my uh, diagnosis was uh, genetic mutation BRCA1. I'm BRCA1 positive. Um, and that just really increases my chance of metastasis and ovarian cancer and a couple other types of cancer. Um, so that's also just at play in conversation. Um, so my oncology team Um, has really, really encouraged me to have my ovaries and fallopian tubes removed um, around 35. I'm currently 34. (laughs) Um, And so there's a, first of all, there's such gratitude that I have for this accidental pregnancy because A, I got this incredible child um, who I just am so thankful for. Um, But I also timing wise, like if I hadn't ended up pregnant, then I would have had to be going in and and figuring out if I was going to do IVF on my own and how hard that is on your body and how expensive that is and all those pieces of it. Um, Those conversations would have been happening for me right now if I hadn't just had a child. Um, So that's incredible. But what that means is that now I have this child. I'm 34. I know that I should have a surgery in the next couple years if I want to prevent my high, high chances of having ovarian cancer. Um, and that surgery uh, would mean without without your ovaries, you're not having your hormones. So then you're on hormone replacements, which really just alters a lot of your quality of life and what that looks like um, and your sex life and your sex drive and all those different pieces um, that come with that surgery. Um, and so as a single person who's interested in partnership and interested in dating there's a lot of questions that I have around what does that mean for me what does that mean for what I'm looking for and I think in some kind of like most perfect world I would like meet somebody else right now and have a second kid with them but I'm not financially able to have a second kid on my own I can't really have a second have a first kid on my own financially but I'm figuring it out um and if I if it ends up being my daughter and I, then like, great, we're a great little unit. But I think that there's a lot of questions around that make me hesitant from releasing those eggs that are frozen, even though the likelihood that I'll use them in the next couple of years is slim. I think the letting go of them part feels really emotional to me and is something I haven't been ready to do.
0: Yeah, I and I'm thinking about Laura just like, I think what's one of the things that's really special about your story is also um, the way your community and your family has, like, Mm -hmm. rallied around you when you made the choice to have your super cute, very cute (laughs) daughter. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, When you made that choice, like, I think that's such a, a, a special, like, part of your story, just having friends who like, mm-hmm. live nearby, having your family decide to take turns living near you to really yeah. like make that possible for you.
1: A hundred percent. I'm so, so grateful for that. Um, my my community has showed up in so many ways. They showed up when I was sick and they showed up when I made this decision. When I was deciding what to do about the pregnancy, I, I called my parents and said, look, I, I don't know what to do. I really, I want to have a child. I know I can't do it with this person that I've been dating that does not work for me and set me up for success. So if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this as a solo parent. And in order to do that, I'm going to need, I would need your support in so many ways. And they, as Erica said, they've, they've rented for this last year, they've rented a little studio apartment by me and taken turns coming up and being daycare because that's cheaper than paying for daycare and works out better for us and our family. Um, And it means that she spends all day with her grandparents, which is huge and incredible. And they've really um, shown up in a way that would not make my life, my my life as it stands would not be possible without them. And my close friends who have been so, so helpful. My best friend was with me during labor. Um, Yeah, it's really been great. That being said, (laughs) I am both so, so grateful and Solo parenting is like an incredibly, it's, it's so ironic, right? Because it's so, you're literally never alone, and yet it's an incredibly isolating experience in a lot of ways, too.
0: Yeah. And that's something that I've been like sitting with, like the idea of like choosing that. And it's not mm-hmm. an issue of me thinking I can't do it. It's just, you know, um, and you and I have talked about it. I just, I mean, I had more than two parents I had a whole bunch of parents um,
1: <laughs>
0: and um it was really like special and important in my life and I'm like so realistic that I'm like yeah even if the relationship doesn't work out it's just a person I could co-parent with <laughs> like that's the kind of, like that's where my head goes and mm-hmm. um I just get like I get a little bummed when I think about there's just not even being the option that there's a biological father around that they could choose to get to know or not to know like that. That's just not even an option at all because in most situations with a donor, unless you had a donor who's from in your network or in your friend community. And I can't even think of who that would be. Like, you know, that I, I you know, I thought about that and I was like, who'd that even be? I don't know. Like all my. I you. It <laughs> is
1: interesting. I you you have not said that in this conver- said this in this conversation and I don't know that you feel this way but I have a few different friends who have said to me who are in their mid to late 30s who have said to me I kind of wish that that happened to me not the cancer part but the um but the getting knocked up and then choosing to make that your life and leaning into that um that there's something about that, um, that somehow feels more accessible to some folks in my life. And I wonder if there's another, if, if you relate to that, and if there's like, I don't know, we just got to start a commune of solo moms raising kids together.
0: That'd be amazing. Oh. Um, yeah, I think I can relate to that. I think there's a difference between like making the choice Right, like you're there, whether you know you've chosen not to co parent, but um, the father still exists. Um, and mm-hmm. what the two of them decide to do with their relationship down the road is you know up to him, up to her, like kind of you know figuring that out. And like say, it just happens, I, and
1: it, absolutely down the road, it will be negotiated by them. Uh, it is currently negotiated by me because mm-hmm. she is a baby.
0: And and he's not He, – you're not co-parenting, but he's not completely, totally out of the picture, right?
1: Correct. He comes by once a week for an hour.
0: And so I think that's kind of like what sticks with me, like the idea that like that's not even an option. Like in mm-hmm. the choice where you have a donor, if it's not somebody who's in, you know, like that's not even an option. He's just, he's just not there. And that just made me so sad to think about. Um, it's so funny because sometimes
1: it's just it's ironic because obviously I want her to know everything she can about herself, which is why I've made this choice to maintain a relationship with him, um, and and we'll stick to that. But there are moments when it is tempting to make the other choice because it means seeing your mm-hmm. ex boyfriend every week for an hour. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Sorry, to I think about off. that Go with ahead. my parents.
0: <laughs> I see that. I think about that with my parents, right? Like, essentially, mm-hmm. like, my parents are constantly in contact, even now, with mm-hmm. their with their ex and watching their ex move on and marry mm-hmm. other people and raise families with other people that eventually, mm-hmm. you know, it becomes the unit and that's the family. But I'm sure every out. once in a while, like, yeah. And I know it was rough like when I was a toddler and they were first figuring that out. At this point, they're like 35 years into it. So I think <laughs> they they, they, figure, they figured it out. And some people don't. Like some mm-hmm. folks, you know, 20 years later, they, they cannot talk to each other. But, you know, for my parents, 35 years in, they figured it out. They figured out how they want to be a part of each other's lives. Not just mine, but they are a part of each other's mm-hmm. lives. How their children, other children will be a part of each other's lives. Like, my brothers, especially the younger of my two brothers, love my dad. It's, like, buddy-buddy with my dad. And then my sister and my mom, my stepsister and my mom, are, like, the same people. It's really weird. My stepmom and my mom always joke, like, did we, like, to switch daughters? Like, what happened? So, I, <laughs> but, like, they're still, like, that. Like, they had to learn that and really get into that, Mm -hmm. and it couldn't have been easy. And they were so young. They were in their early 20s. It couldn't have been easy.
1: Oh. Babies. Babies making babies.
0: So, if you, like, had – if somebody, you know, said to you, and I think maybe I did say this to you, like, I'm thinking of freezing my eggs. Like, I'm not, like, sure, like, what I want to do, whatever. Like, what is your advice? What are your thoughts?
1: I think everybody, right? It's such a unique – individual decision, so everyone has to do what's right for them. I think um, if it makes you and other people who make that choice feel more comfortable and feel more safe going about their lives like a little security blanket, then great. I know it did for me, right? It felt like I had some semblance of a security blanket, but I also... Um, It seems like, and I don't don't have any numbers to back me up here, but anecdotally, it feels like it's gotten much more common and much more popular. Maybe it's just because of the age that I'm hitting now, but um, I think it's also way more accessible, even though it's still incredibly expensive and challenging on your body. It's far more accessible than it was for our parents, for example. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that there's, while that there is the accessibility to it is opening up, and I think that that's a positive thing, I think that there's also reality that it's really hard on your body and that it's only part of the process. Um, and that, especially now that I am lucky enough to be somebody with a child, it's exhausting (laughs) and I'm, I love it, but like there's a reality to, to what, to what cost is waiting, you know, uh, if you are somebody who, not you specifically, the royal you, is someone who decides to have kids in their 40s because they've egg harvested. So sure, why not? The science, amazing. But the reality of what that means to be a parent at that age, I would never, ever tell somebody not to do it. But I I also feel like it is it is a challenging choice to make.
0: Which is certainly something that I thought about too, could that I'm mm-hmm. probably a first-time parent in my 40. Mm-hmm. And like what that means. Um,
1: and of course, plenty of people and, do it and do it successfully and with lots of joy. Yeah. It comes with health health risks and it comes with with other factors. Again, not to say that anybody should make the choice not to do it, but but it's there are realities out there that I I think that in some conversations. That the idea of oh, I'll just freeze my eggs, which is not at all the choice, the way that I think that you made those choices. I think you were incredibly intentional and thoughtful about it. But I think there are some conversational ways that in which society is now saying, oh, well, women will just freeze their eggs. It's fine. That is um, does not encompass the full picture.
0: I agree, and I and I would even add on to that. I think part of the picture also that gets lost sometimes when people um, have kids in their forties that you know, we think about our parents and when they first started they're having their own health issues and their own thing, right? Like they're in like their fifties. So by the time you're in your fifties, your kids are gonna be teenagers and when your kids are in their early twenties, you're gonna be, you know, in your sixties, seventies. And I know Lloyd, your parents are like a little bit older than my parents and mm-hmm. so that's like a like was a reality like for you like, like kind of growing up but it's sort of like my parents had me so young uh they mm. had me in their 20s and so just di- different like that my parents really got to like see me through the critical years um I feel like you're not like a fully fledgling adult even if you do get married and have kids like your parents probably want to see you through to like your at least your early 30s right to be like oh, okay I think they're gonna be okay now and so when you have kids later, that is also – the type of planning I feel like that you have to do, like, there's a real reality that something may happen to me when my kid is just a teenager or in their early 20s. So I need to plan my money and I need to plan my life in a certain way that if I'm gone, that kid will be okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that part of um, part of my emphasis on this is I know we're having this specific conversation around egg harvesting and, and women, the empowerment of, of female body people to make this choice, which I am fully behind, of course. But I think part of it comes from the exhaustion of my my male friends who are very passive about when they'll have kids um, without fully encompassing what it means to be an old dad. And um, that is frustrating to me.
2: You, you just, you triggered Erica. <laughs> That's preach one of our girl, things. Preach, <laughs> preach girl, preach
0: There's like a whole thing in the episode, and we shared a link in the notes for episode two where I'm like, Men, men. Like, there's an episode in the New York Times or an article in the New York Times all about this. I'm like, Men, like, there's not the amount of men on these dating apps who are in their late 30s, early 40s who are like unsure about children. I'm like,
1: How? What are you doing with your life? Because it's a okay what are you doing? Unsure, but How like- do you touch your- it's going to answer itself, you know? And maybe that is yeah, the answer, like, which is fine. Nobody has to want kids.
0: Yeah, like, that, that's fine. Like, but, like, you can be unsure about what's happening with your life, but still be sure about whether you want to have children or not. And then there's, like, a biological, like, it's one thing if you're, like, a total hot mess and you're just, like, then, but even then, I don't know. Part of me believes a little bit. If you are working toward a healthier version of yourself, it's okay. Like, it. you'll figure that the amount that i've seen my parents grow and change throughout my whole life like your kids just gonna do that beside you and they're gonna watch it like with you and it's fine. oh my god
1: it's fine and the amount that like so having so having a little girl having a little child i shouldn't gender it right is um then it's a whole other growing process that I just wouldn't have been forced into. Otherwise, I'll find myself, um, I think it's just especially with a girl, I find myself getting ready for work in the morning and putting on a certain pair of pants and like looking in the mirror and like sucking my stomach in or like little things that I'm used to doing when I'm by myself, which of course I never am. Um, And seeing her watch me and then all of a sudden I'll like let my belly out and like and um like pat my stomach and, and drum on it and do a dance and be like bodies are good because I don't I don't want her to grow up taking in these things that all of us did about what about body image and about food being good and bad and just all you know there's so many there's so many things to unlearn that you don't realize are so embedded in you until you are watching somebody else take that in um and finding finding the beauty in that and like the growth that happens whether or not you want it to you know, that hopefully is happening as a parent is so important I think no matter I agree. how I remember. evolved you are to start with
0: like, <laughs> exactly I agree I remember one time my my cousin Amir, who's like what, 30 years, 33 years younger than me, he had gotten mm-hmm. out of the, the bath and um, we were in a hotel and uh, he had his bath wrapped around, his, uh, his uh, towel wrapped around and I was like, oh, take your towel off and he was like, take towel off and I was like, okay Amir, shout after to me, said, I love my body and he's like, I love my body and I was like, I'm beautiful, he said, I'm beautiful and then I like turned to his mom and was like, sorry about that you're going to have to deal with the... Uh, skyrocketing confidence out of that but at least you've got skyrocket confidence right all right i'll see you later (laughs) but yeah just kind of like absolutely just creating that because they're watching you they are watching watching you you. they're watching
1: you Mm -hmm. and they're watching you mess up and they're watching you handle how you mess up because it doesn't matter what you do you're going to mess up (laughs) yep that's okay let's
0: just all accept that yeah my friend one of my friends her daughter like she's like a busy working woman her daughter wanted her own like laptop and so she's got like this like fake laptop that she uses and she has like meetings with princesses on the uh on the laptop she's got airpods that she'll put in for the meeting and then she'll be like in the car like oh i have to go and pick up bunny from daycare and like and it's kind of like she's busy she's she's watching yeah she's busy she's a busy woman just like her mama she's like she's got things to do oh man um katie i know i've asked the majority of the questions were there like any other questions that you had for laura
2: no you kind of asked everything i was about to ask anyway so (laughs) about the (laughs) process yeah yeah no um so i guess you you mentioned you're now contemplating you know you have to make the decision of taking your ovaries and everything out by
1: Mm -hmm. 35
2: by 35 or in your 35th year
1: around 35 you know they can't they can't make me do it they're encouraging me to do it around 35
2: what um would you keep freezing your eggs after that and you might possibly use a surrogate with a partner one day or would you donate your eggs
1: you know that's that's a really great question i wouldn't do surrogacy um for many reasons including it's astronomically expensive Mm-hmm. um but i also just i don't feel like it would be the right path for me um at this stage since i'm since i have one child already um i would consider donating i think that that's a really it feels complicated but it also feels um like a unique opportunity since i'm somebody who has already harvested um so i would be I would
2: explore that and what that would look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a really complicated check- thing. I'm thinking about that. Yeah. yeah,
0: I think I checked off on my box that I would like donate potentially donate. Yeah, could they ask you when you're signing up? You could say no, I'll decide later. Or You could say yes, right up right up front and i think I have said yes already yeah and is
2: it like donating to another family or is it like donating to science do you get to pick
0: i think it's so my understanding Laura, you can tell me there's a difference between if you sign up to be an egg donor and it specifically and i think there's like ethical legal difference between how this is handled you sign up to be an egg donor and you are specifically harvesting so that your egg can be donated for other people to use versus these were your eggs that you harvest for yourself, and now you're choosing to donate them. And I think I'm not even sure if the option is there for you to donate to other people, but I think it might also depend on who you go through, a clinic versus a hospital. I went through a hospital that had probably one of the largest fertility wing studies in the country, so odds are mine, if I donate, mine going to study. What was your understanding of that, Laura?
1: I don't even remember when I answered your question just now Katie I was thinking about donating to uh, another family or another person looking to use them um I would definitely donate to science that doesn't feel as questionable to me whatsoever um yeah I would love for them not to be wasted but to go towards something yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think the part that yeah. feels complicated is whether or not they'd become another human
2: yeah yeah yeah, that's yes. a really, that's a tough one.
0: Yeah. There was a, um, I listened to this podcast series. that was like all about like fertility and donors and donors to children and how 23 and me is like wrecking havoc on like in the 80s and the 90s, people were encouraged not to talk about it. and so people are finding out my dad's not really my dad. I have two siblings, like all this crazy stuff is happening. And, um, my doctor who like intimidated my mother is actually my father. There's a lot of crazy stuff <laughs> around, like, around it. Um, and so, um, within that, there was a woman who had tried to get pregnant with her husband and did several rounds. They ended up getting divorced because she wanted to keep trying and he didn't. And then, there was a clinic in California that was forging signatures of women, saying that they agree to donate their eggs to other families, all their leftover eggs. Um, and this is why I think there may be more laws regulating. Like I don't know, I, I don't know for sure, but they her eggs then ended up going to this other family, and that woman did conceive. And then she found out later that she has a biological child now and she would have never agreed to do that
2: that's super messed up wow
0: and her and her, yeah her and her husband have been divorced. i think her husband maybe been, ended up having a children with his next wife so it's like really complicated oh yeah i know right yeah i think if i were gonna give mine to another family i would have to know I would either need to be in a situation where I'm, like, donating to a bank. It is what it is, and I'm out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or, like, I like I might need to know who that's, like, going to. Or at least I need to, like, totally agree. They're like, okay, that's what I'm doing with my leftover egg, But because I did this for me, I think I have a different feeling about it than if I had signed up to be an egg donor. Which I tried to do when I was in my late 20s. And they were like, nah, you got too much health stuff in your family.
1: Fine, I'll save these for me
0: (laughs) Which is why I was like Yeah, man, science You guys want to get a hold of these I don't know what's in these eggs You guys (laughs) definitely want to get your hands on these You can have them, science
1: (laughs) So something that they have not done A lot of research on is um, Is the genetic mutation that I have While in utero so I, um, I did genetic testing um, on the fetus and one of this, that genetic mutation is not one of the things that they test for um, in utero and uh, I wanted to know. So um, my genetic counselor and I found a lab that would do the testing but there was some conversation around ethics from my oncology team around that because it is not a cancer that supposedly has impacts. Or it's not a genetic mutation that has impacts on children. It has impacts on adults. Um, so there was, so you cannot do that testing on children. So the fact that I was doing it on a fetus, there was a lot of question around the ethics of, however, for me, I wanted to have all the information, um, and I felt better knowing than wondering. And so that's information that I have, um, and it means that I can ha- it can be a conversation that I'm having with her as she grows up and learns and develops in a very different way. For me, I, they did not know that we had this genetic mutation in my family. And so I was the first person to show it, and then my family went and got tested based on me having that genetic mutation. So it was a discovery for my family, Um, and she's coming in in a very, very different place with this disease, having a mother who has scars and has this experience, um, and herself knowing what what that means. And I think that comes with pros and cons, Um, and we'll see for her what that means um, and I'll just do my best to support her and what what she wants to know and not know but if there was a world to direct eggs that I don't use towards that specific kind of research around that genetic mutation that's something that would really be exciting to me and, yeah. and would feel meaningful to me
2: mm-hmm. yeah wow absolutely
1: so if anybody listening Is researching BRCA1 positive (laughs) eggs. Give me a call.
0: (laughs) Uh, You can can reach out to me. I will give you a number. (laughs) And uh, just don't be weird. I'll be the screener. Like, if it's a patient I thought too weird, I'll be like, no, no, you can't can't reach out to her. (sighs) Uh, um, Well, thank you. Yeah, for thanks for being here. Today.
1: Of course. Of course. Thanks for having me. Always happy to talk to you, my dear.
0: All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. We will see you on the other side. We have a couple of more um, episodes planned and in this mm-hmm. run. Um, so it's not quite over yet.
2: Bye. Yep. <laughs> Bye.